Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. So y'all can sit here and ask me all the questions y'all want to. I'm going to answer with the same answer. So y'all can shoot if y'all please. I don't, I don't know. We're just out there playing. My helmet came down on me. Uh... <laughs> when guys come and sit on the couch, I go right after them. Don't you respect me for that? No, I don't. Your big dumb desk hiding behind your microphone. You are now listening to The Longer Yard of the Dip Podcast Network. Welcome to the Longer Yard Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ethan. He's Sam. This is episode four. We're going to be talking about bouncing around the league, guys. Plenty to talk about in this episode. We are going to be hitting on as many things as we can, uh, kind of as we've done the last couple weeks. But uh, first, before we get started, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Check out all of our sister podcasts on the Dip Podcast Network. Um, Ethan, first of all, how you doing, man? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We, uh, we, we just got a puppy. Um, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I'm really tired. I really am. It's just, uh, you have to tell us what kind of, what kind of puppy and you also have to tell us the name. Okay. So we got this whole plan lined up, uh, my wife and I, Jess. Um, so our first, first dog was always going to be a golden retriever. Um, it's a pure, pure bloodline golden retriever. Um, she's a girl and surprisingly her name is Goldie. I love it. Just though. keeping it keeping it simple. Um, I like it. but I like the whole it. the whole plan behind it all is we have two golden retrievers and we'll get another one right before we start our family. And we'll name that one Goose. So we'll have Goldie and Goose, and that'll be a boy. And then the reason why he'll be Goose is because when we have our first son, his name will be Maverick. Like a top Ooh, gun, you know? Yeah. Maverick. I love Goose, the reference. You know, boom. That's how it is that's how it's gonna be. I love that you have this planned out. Um, well, hopefully the, we don't tea. we don't we don't tucker you out too much here, uh, but hopefully we'll we'll keep the excitement level high. That way you are feeling uh, every bit of this conversation, and that way uh, everyone else gets uh, excited about what we're going to go over. But let's start with uh, kind of some breaking news today. Yes, Debo Samuel of the San Francisco 49ers has officially requested to be traded. Uh, we kind of heard some rumblings that he may not be happy with the team. We don't know fully whether this is a money sort of situation where San Francisco may not be willing to pay him. We don't know for sure if it's a usage situation. He's done a lot of uh, lining up in the backfield, being used all uh, in many different ways. Maybe he wants to be strictly a wide receiver. That's one thing that I have kind of been thinking all day is yeah. what if this is like a Jimmy Graham situation when he wanted to get paid by the Saints and he was like, well, I keep lining up outside. I think I'm a wide receiver. And the Saints are like, no, 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 no. You're a tight end, buddy. Yeah. Let's, 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 we're going to give you a tight end money so we can save ourselves $10 million a year, you know, whatever it was at the time. So, Ethan, first, give me your thoughts on the situation for both Debo and San Francisco. And then I really want to dive into 
where you think Debo might be headed if he's going to be traded at all. Yeah. Um, I, first, first, just kind of give me your overall thoughts on um, uh, on the situation. I'm uh, I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm a little surprised, but I feel like this might have it could have been ex- coming. You know, because him uh, wanting that just he wanted that big contract, and you know, as soon as like players want that big contract you start feeling that disconnect between the front office and the players. And it just ends up not being the, the greatest relationship most op- more often than not, you know? Um, but I, I mean, I, I think I was for him getting that big contract, honestly, like the way they used him, like, I mean, he was su- such a weapon on the 49ers yeah. offense. I mean, like he really could do it all. And then there, you know, there was times where he was like throwing the ball and he made it look great. Like I think he's a weapon and I think he deserved to be paid. Um, and I heard like I think I heard some speculation like I think I saw it on like some comments that there was like um, I don't know if it was fans or who just like saying racial slurs that was a reason why he wanted out too. We I'm not sure. Shit out. Yeah, I'm not that, sure. That, that 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 is that is garbage. But yeah, yeah I'm not sure saying. if that's true or not. Um, if it is, that really like like the 49er fan base should be like ashamed. Like especially Absolutely. if they do lose them. You know what I mean? Like you just lost like one of your, like, one of the best wide receivers last year, you know? I'm like, mm-hmm. because, I, I, which I don't even know why they would make racial slurs about a guy they love, you know? Like, but... Um, people are weird. I don't I really have any other explanation. People are weird and people are dumb. Yeah, but he's, he's a great wide receiver. I think, I honestly think that the 49ers were, like, the best fit for him when it came to using him as a wide receiver and a running back. Like, I don't think any other team can do it better than how they do it. So I think, like, wherever he does go... If he does get traded away, I feel like he'll probably just play more so the wide receiver role and less the yeah running back role. You know, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. It really depends on the team that he would go to, um, and we can we can jump to that in a sec. Uh, my general thoughts are the same as yours. Um, I think Debo's obviously a super talented player. He has had some injury issues, um, mm. not not to the extent where you're you're concerned about losing him for months at a time, but he has certainly missed games over the course of his short career. I believe this is the end of year three. He's going into year four. So this is the final year of his rookie contract because he was not a first round pick. Yeah. So it's time to pay him. And I'd have to look deeper into what the the 49ers cap situation is, but they certainly have a lot invested in that defense and they're going to have to pay Nick Bosa soon, who they're going to put as a high priority for that organization. So until Jimmy Garoppolo's off their their books, certainly monetarily they're going to be a little constrained. Um, I would yeah, also Jimmy's getting paid. Yeah, Jimmy's getting paid a lot of money. I, I know we obviously know that there were some trade rumors with Jimmy over the course of the offseason. Uh, they may still continue, but landing spots have been greatly diminished as possibilities for him. Yeah. So at this point, you're kind of looking at uh, at what what to do with Debo. And if it's a usage thing, I totally get the idea of wanting to get out of there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has a very specific offensive system where he's going to use his weapons in every way possible. And Debo is, in fact, a weapon. You know, he's, oh, he's yeah, the second best sure. offensive player on the team, uh, maybe best offensive player on the team when you talk about him and George Kittle. He wants to get those guys the ball. The, the entire purpose of that offense is, I'm going to get the ball in my playmaker's hands and they're going to get a whole bunch of yards after catch. Um, if that means that I got to get Debo in the backfield, let him run the ball so he can get ahead of steam going forward. Great. Let's do that. We're going to find a way to make sure that he is an impact player on this game. I, I think maybe 
again, kind of this whole uh, contract situation still plays into this, even in the usage part of it. Yeah. You know, if, if Debo is like, well, I don't want to get paid like a running back where people think that this is the type of player I am. I want to get paid like I'm Tyreek Hill, like I'm Devontae Adams. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, those guys got big, big time dollars. And that is a perfect segue into the trade portion of this. First of all, l- let me ask you a couple different questions here. First of all, one, do you see him get traded? That's the first question. The second question is, if he's not playing on San Francisco next year, who is he going to be playing for? And the third question is, what are you valuing him at? What, what, are you, what is the package that you are offering? Uh, certainly not directly. For, I want the, it's going to be this exact pick, but just, you know, is, yeah. are you giving up a first? Are you giving up? Uh, a second what does that package look like I see what you're saying Um, you're acquiring that is acquiring Debo Samuel um honestly I could I I don't want to see Debo go from Sam Scott I think I feel like that is that's his best fit for him um for his career um so I would hate to see him go honestly though I think if I were to see him go um you might not like this but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if like Buffalo tried to get him like I feel like they could really like, because um, they just got Raheem Mostert, right? If I'm uh, I believe Mostert might be in Miami, actually. Okay. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. But um, I think he would complement Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley really well, and he could be so like like versatile, and they could throw him in the run and try to use him like how San Francisco did, and I think it would just be like they would like wreck havoc, wreak havoc on the offense, you know, and like they wouldn't know what to expect with Debo out there on the field. And I think that would be like, I, I feel like that could maybe be the best, best spot for him next. Um, I've also seen some people talking about Miami, um, oh which God. would just, could you imagine would Waddle be insane. Samuel. Now, first of all, the amount of money that, that, that Miami would have invested in wide receiver. Yeah. Cause whoever acquires Debo is paying him. They're not trading yeah. for him for this season. He's alone. getting, they are he's getting, getting 20 million extension. He's just, they're essentially doing double negotiating with uh, whoever wants to trade for him. They're going to have to negotiate with San Francisco to say, here's what we want. Uh, here's what we're willing to give up to acquire Debo Samuel. And then they're talking to Debo and his agent and saying, this is the contract offer we want to make to you once we acquire you. Uh, it's it's, it's kind of like that Devonta Adams situation, you know, it's exactly like, yes. yes. Um, in that case, I think what they would have to offer, uh, I think definitely a first round pick for sure. I could see like a first and a second first and second round pick it to so like, this just, would be the same as the Devonte package. Yeah. Know? Just, just instead of two first round picks, just a first and a second, like he's not on Devonte's level when it comes to, uh, the, a wide receiver skills. But I mean, if you took, like if you take him into consideration as an offensive player and whole as a whole, yeah. Like he's he's up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and so I have a couple different thoughts on this. First of all, I don't believe that he plays in San Francisco this year. Um, I don't think this is a bluff. I do think he wants out. Yeah. So I do think he's leaving. The teams that I actually think uh, would be most likely to acquire him. Well, I think. The uh, Buffalo one is terrifying because of how good that would be and how fun that would be. I think a more likely path to where he would land is I'm looking at teams that really need it. A, a have multiple first round picks and B have an absolute hole at wide receiver. So Green Bay comes top to mind for me. Oh, that's um, not a bad idea. The, tr- the trade down in a sense of 
Devontae for Debo is dumb in my opinion because you still have to pay Debo anyway. But yeah. if Devontae wanted out, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, Kansas City is another. I like and that a lot. You get you get Tyreek out of there um, and, and you bring in Debo. It's it's a different style of offense. With Debo, you're not going to do the things that, uh, that you were able to do with Tyreek. But super talented player to replace a super talented player. That's very Again, true. not a one-for-one one comparison, but I think it works. Uh, the next one is a little bit more challenging. It's the New York Jets. The reason that I find that to be a little more challenging is because the Jets are all San Francisco coaches. So if Debo oh, really yeah. has a They're... problem with how he was used, how are the Jets changing that for him? But the Jets clearly have a need at wide receiver. Um and they have a ton of draft capital to get it done. So I think there's a path to that. I don't think that'd be high on his list of where he wants to go. Again, if usage is a problem for him. Yeah. I think best case scenario for him is he ends up in Green Bay or Kansas City. Or we get kind of that mystery team of someone that we weren't expecting. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a Chargers. You know, they go. Yeah, that Allen, would be insane. Williams and Debo Samuel, something disgusting like that. Maybe it's... Um, I don't know. Denver finds another way to bring in a, you know, a, a top name player. And then you've got Judy Sutton and, and Debo. You know what I think's crazy is like the fact that like, if you were to add him to say like the bills, the chargers, um, the chiefs and like, just like a few other teams, like that team would just be like disgustingly, like you would just be disgusted to play them. You know what I mean? Like it, he would just put them over that line that much more. And you're like, all right, like yeah. this isn't even fair anymore. Yeah. I, I, I question draft capital uh, with this deal. I I truly think that San Francisco as a starting point yeah. is going to be asking for the Tyreek Hill package. They're going to be asking for, and just five, to kind of recover picks. that, uh, a first rounder, a second rounder, a fourth rounder, an additional fourth rounder, and a sixth rounder. I think that's the starting bid that they are going to be asking for. That does not mean that any team is going yeah. to actually offer that. But I think that's where they're going to start the asking price. Yeah, it's always always start high, you know. Um, yeah, he's and, a star. And if I really don't want to see him leave. That Devontae Adams was traded before Tyree Kill. I think Devontae Adams would have gotten a more similar package to what. I, yeah, I, yeah, I would was. agree. So sucks to suck for the Packers in a sense that you know they missed out on on a potential better deal, but they were still I able to snag two first rounders though. I it was a first and a second this year. Oh, I was. I thought it was two firsts. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, they were not able to get the the future first out of it. But oh, okay, still two. You get two top fifty five picks. That's pretty good, considering the fact that again, Vegas uh, was not only trading for uh, to acquire the player, they also had to Give pony contract, up the dough. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think I think the Debo deal is going to come in between the. Uh, Tyreek Hill and the Devontae Adams deal in terms of what those draft pick valuations are. Yeah. If it were me, I'm not offering any more than like a first and a third or a first and a fourth because I don't think Debo's a better player than Devontae Adams. That's not a slight on Debo at all. I think he's incredible. I just think Devontae Adams is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. So yeah, why the no, heck would absolutely. I give up more draft capital for arguably a worse player? I think, I think, the only reason that people would do that is because they'd be like, well, listen, yeah, he's not a Devontae Adam receiver, but 
we can also use him as a running back and he's a weapon behind the backfield too. I think that would be the only like uh situation where he m- might end up getting a better deal than what they got for Devonta Adams, you know? Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, again, I, I, my expectation is that, is that Debo's uh, pick valuation comes in above what uh, Devonte Adams got just because of it, it's a timeline thing. It's, it's the whole yeah. thing. Hey, when you pay the, when you pay the player first, everyone now has to exceed that in order to get the deal done. So this is kind of the same sort of thing, but we're talking about draft capital rather than uh, monetary dollars. Watch, so wa- watch, watch Debo go somewhere like stupid, like Texas, like the Texans or something. And we're all just like, what the hell, <laughs> you know, like watching this be something like ridiculous. And we're just like, all right, well, whatever. I, I could see something dumb like that, but again, part of the, part of the reason to make the deal is that you're getting a long-term extension done. And yeah. Debo could, easily if he got traded to a team like the Texans be like, yeah, I'm not signing a contract with you. And then the Texans are like, Hey, we're backing out of this deal. We're not trading for him. Why, why the heck yeah. would we do that? So there's a lot more power in Debo's camp than I think people may realize. Doesn't mean that he, he's going to get to go to his first choice. Cause in the end, he's probably asking for 22 to $25 million a year. Yeah, he's definitely that cap space is going to be hard to come by. He's definitely, yeah, I, I, anything under 20, and I don't think he would sign a contract. I would tend to agree. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm like, I'm excited to see where, where he lands, and I'm really excited to see what new role he may have. Um, yeah. Again, I think his best, his best chance for success to me is still in San Francisco. I think the way he's being used Absolutely. maybe puts more mileage on his body, but it allows him to be as successful as possible and. I think that's a that's a good thing for him. So wherever he lands, hopefully they can talk him into still having some of that running back role because I do think that will allow him to be the best version of himself. Yeah. But we'll kind of see how that goes. Yeah, because uh, when when you get him in that running back role and you use him like what San Francisco does, like, you know, you got a guy that's in talks for offensive play of the year. You know, like yeah. he he might not be a front runner, but he's 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 in the he's in the race, you know. Yeah. He's he's and again, because we're fantasy football guys, he is a... He tore it up last year, dude. He's unrelated. I just want to say that I was in a league that with someone who had, I'm not joking, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and Tyreek Hill all on the same, on the same team. God. Disgusting. It was absolutely God. despicable. I Somehow love... he um, didn't win the league, but I, I just want to share that, that fun fact. It was stupid. Yeah, I love the... I don't know if you ever heard like their... Uh, Cooper Cup's dad was in like fantasy football league. Yes. And after uh, this year, they story. were like, "Yeah, you're. We're not going to just let him pick him anymore. Like, you gotta, because they would just let him have Cooper him, you know. Cup, and they're like, <laughs> nah, bro, you're you're not. We're not being nice anymore.' Uh, I, I appreciate the savagery of that because uh, at some point the uh, the nice guy thing had to go. So yeah, um, I don't care if it's your son. You're like, this is my fancy team, right? There's a lot more on the line. You he probably won because of because of Cooper. Oh, so they're like they're like um, sure. no not not this year because he probably didn't take Cooper in the first round. That's it. Maybe they were nice and fourth, like, hey, fifth. you can only take him in the first round, and then and it was no big deal. It's like he made a we had pick. not anymore. Yeah, we had one guy. He took him with like the fourth pick, and we all laughed at him. Dude's a genius, and he God. was just like, I like Cooper this year. You know, he's like Scott Stafford. I'm like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, he'll be better, but like, he's not he's not that great, you know. And then here we are, looking like some fools. Well, that happens, unfortunately. It does. Uh, 
way. That's that, that, it. Be like that way sometimes. It be that way. Um, it happens every year. Yes, there's always there's always somebody that that shows up out of nowhere. Um, all right, let's go ahead and hop over to a contract extension with your Cleveland Browns. Denzel Ward gets absolutely paid, gets the bag. Yeah, buddy. Five year, one hundred million, five hundred thousand dollar extension that'll take him through the twenty twenty seven season. Uh, that will be his age 30 season. So he will be basically paid through his entire prime. And honestly, I really like the deal. Um, Denzel Ward was a guy who took, who, who they took in the uh, first round, fourth overall pick in 2018. And at the time, I remember thinking, it feels a little high for him. Like, I definitely think he's a first round player, but I don't know if I would have taken him all the way up here at number four. And Honestly, kudos to him because I think he's really proved people like me wrong who had some questions on whether or not this was a, a worthy pick for him. And he's been really good. There's on, The only downside that you can say with him is he has had some injury issues. Nothing super major uh, over the course of his career, but yeah. he has had some trouble staying on the field at all times. Um, Ethan, as a fan, like I'm sure you got to be stoked about this. Dude, I loved it. I am like, I'm so excited. Like, since he's came in, like he has just absolutely delivered for us. You know, like he's been the staple of like our secondary, like one of the guys you can just for sure count on. And, you know, almost any game they match him up with their best receiver and he holds his own more often than not, you know? And so I love it and I'm here for it. And I was really nervous because I remember with the Deshaun trade and all that stuff, there was like talks of them getting rid of Denzel and I'm not going to lie. I would have, I would have probably cried because like, it just would have hurt me a lot. You know, I'd be like, you just gave away like a prime top tier DB in the league. You're, we're giving away so much just to get one guy. Like, yes, we're getting a superstar on offense potentially, but we're also giving away so much on defense and like draft capital. And it's like, it just kind of like balances it out. And it's like, it's not even worth it, you know, but I'm curious what it would have looked like if they had done that deal where the Deshaun Watson for Denzel Ward plus obviously draft capital. Like what what would the Browns have saved in that deal draft capital wise by including Denzel Ward? Is Denzel Ward worth a first round pick? Is he worth a second round pick? Is he worth a third and a fourth? Like, yeah, I don't that, know. Like, I'm that would have been interesting. What that would have looked like. I'm glad it didn't happen, um, but it would have been interesting to see. Um, but I'm I'm glad that I got paid because you know like now that he didn't get traded you're like all right now you got to pay the man and you better pay him like he deserves money like I have no hesitation that he just doesn't deserve that money you know um, and I saw like some stuff like people were like you know because he's got the largest contract in like DB history and people are like overpaid you know like you're telling me this guy deserves a bigger contract than Deion Sanders and I'm like all right first of all it's a different era now like every yeah. new contract nowadays is a largest contract in NFL or NBA or in, in MLB history, you know, like it's going to continue happening because yeah. of the revenue that's bringing in and the, the payroll and all this stuff. But yeah, I think he definitely deserves that money. Like he, I mean, this is, these are his prime years. He's just going to see his best seasons, you know, and when he gets um, coming up in free agency or if he at 30, where he's due for an extension of free agency, like he'll, if he played well those years, he'll be able to use that leverage and, secure maybe another huge contract not like what he did but you know he's he's 30 he's got four or five more like four or five more good years left in him before he starts really declining you know yeah and it's very possible that he could switch to like safety at that point or something like that yeah and just some sort of mentor guys to to to, uh kind of allow himself to stay in the league a little bit longer um 
in terms of the question on is he overpaid? I mean, I guess it's kind of one of those semantics things of, you know, is he really the best cornerback in the NFL? No, but you know, what happens when next year someone gets $105 million and then a week later after, you know, someone gets $110 million and then a week after that, someone gets $125 million and all of a sudden Denzel Ward will get pushed back to like the 15th highest contract in uh, NFL history at the position. And people will be like, wow, Denzel Ward's paid right on par with where he should be. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what you get ahead of the game. That's the whole point. It's just how the it's, each year, the contracts are going to continue getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like it's just, it's going to continue happening. It's inevitable, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I zero issue with with the contract overall. Um, it, it, maybe the structure of it is where you can get into some questions. Uh, I certainly haven't looked hard into what that is, but in the end, you're in a division that has Jamar Chase, that has Chase Claypool. You got to be locking down these guys, and Denzel Ward is is a player that's capable of doing that. Um, you know, I certainly he because of his frame, I wouldn't necessarily want to match him up with every single kind of receiver. Yeah, uh, maybe Chase Claypool is not a great example of that because maybe you're like, well, he's Chase Claypool so you know, huge, you know? Yeah, Chase he might be too big for him. So then you go Denzel. Can you go cover uh, Deontay Johnson? Um, but I think the, the Jamar Chase Denzel Ward matchup, I, I'm looking forward to that every single year because I think. I think both of them are going to get the better of each other at different times. And I yeah, absolutely. That's, that's two great players going against each other. That's that's what you want. That's what you that's what you're hoping to see every single weekend. I think what Denzel like because he, he's not the biggest DB, like you said, like what he lacks in size, he makes fo- makes up for with his like route running skills to like stay with wide receivers. Because I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's so good. The technique is so strong. He's so like I mean, he's so good at it. It's beautiful. And. and the thing that you oftentimes see with smaller DBs is that they're afraid to get mixed in, like afraid to go hit somebody. He is not. I don't. He I'm is not, not worried about with that with Denzel. Maybe he's not the best tackler, yeah. but he's not afraid of, of getting hit. And so that's one, that's one thing that I always love to see out of a DB is they're like, I'm a, I'm one tough sob. Like come at me. You that's know? how you, that's how you earn the respect from the guys around the league. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I you don't want to go full like Cortland Finnegan. Uh, you know, be God, a, that shit was so funny. Yeah, but you don't you don't need to go too far down that road. But like uh, a five ten guy going against like a six four, and like, he was just up? like he, he was ready to throw fists every game. But like, but but Denzel Denzel is not is not afraid to get mixed in. He's going to do it in a way that isn't like I'm trying to start a fight. But it's like, yeah. hey, I'm not going to I'm not backing down from. Yeah, I'm not going to let you push me that. around all day. You know. Yeah. Uh, in the end, like I said, great contract. I think in the long run. Uh, we're we're gonna argue about it, I'm sure, uh, in the short term, just because it's it's the biggest contract and it's not gonna matter pretty soon. Um, it's gonna it's gonna change, whether it be this it year or does. next year. It'll 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 be a new bigger contract. Yeah, it always changes. Uh, the change that the Browns want to see right now is in Baker Mayfield. Uh, he was on the uh, You Never Know podcast. I'm sorry, You Never Know podcast uh, <laughs> last week and. Uh, we teased that we were going to talk about this. I, I don't know if there's a ton of new things to, to get into, but I do want to get into some of Baker's comments. Um, talked about feeling disrespected. Yeah. Hard to blame him. Uh, you know, no, not at all. Replaced. I don't blame him at all. Yeah. You're getting, you're basically getting replaced, getting called out publicly for not being good enough. Quote unquote. 
I don't really blame him for talking about that. He 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 talked about having four different head coaches over his career. Uh, that does include Greg Williams as the interim head coach after they fired Hugh Jackson. It can't be easy on the guy. Like you're no. you're constantly having to change change your offense, change how things are looking for you, and he's he has not been number one overall pick worthy. But to act like he's been bad, I think, is really unfair to him. Um, I think he's got more than enough right to complain about the situation that he's been put in. But at the same time, I think there's probably going to be some backlash as he's looking to get acquired. Where it's like, hey, Baker, shut the hell up. You already have a reputation that you're a bit of a diva or something like that. He like, really, he does. He does. He, why are you, you're adding to it? I don't know. Like, I, I think it's a bit overplayed, but I, I, I think he probably would be better off not doing these kind of appearances. I, no, I would agree. I, I mean, like I said, um, on like previous episodes, um, the, really a lot of this falls in the front office in the way they went about it. You know, like there's, a little messed up to tell someone like, because you know, the, you remember those interviews, they were like, we fully believe in Baker. Baker's our guy next year. We plan to start him, you know, and then to go around and do that, Garbage. that is, that is fucked up. Straight I won't lies. lie, you know, like that is, that is really messed up. Um, and then to also just fold the bag on like, you plan to get rid of him. Like you don't plan to have Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield and pay almost $50 million between two players. And one of them's not even playing, you know, like the way they got Deshaun before trading Baker like and losing all that trade leverage was just stupid, you know. Um, and um, like you said, like he, you can't blame him for being a bad quarterback. I would agree with that in, until last season, because last season with both both parties like aware of his injury and refusing to just let him get the surgery, and same with on his side and letting your backup veteran quarterback Case Keenum just run, you know, be the captain on the field they both refused to do that and so like he and he did play terrible last year you know and so i'm like that's i'm over that like like why you know but um i have a lot of respect for him and everything he did for cleveland helped help shift it around you know like he turned he helped was a big forefront in shifting an O and 16 franchise to making the playoffs and winning their first playoff game in over 20 years you know like i love that it's a lot of respect for that like and he deserves a lot better than that. Um, but he, I feel like he's making it worse and he's hurting his legacy as a Cleveland Brown with him, you know, like being a diva and like going on these different things and like speaking like this, you know, like, it's just like, it's like, yeah, everyone's aware and like you're milking it right now. Um, you know, so I don't know. It's just, I think he, if this had been something where let's say he gets traded tomorrow and he then, once he gets to his new franchise, gets settled in, then he goes on a podcast like this and talks about how he was feeling in his final days with the Browns. I think it, I don't think it would have the same negative reaction. I think people would be like, yeah, "Absolutely, you know where you're coming from." Like, but yeah. right now, it's kind of like we know people are or in your camp are trying to get you out of Cleveland. Let them do their job let them figure out how they're going to go about that, find a new home. And I mean, part of the issue now is that the number of homes available to him are, are minuscule. 
I mean, yeah, you're and talking about, I think you're talking him, about very few teams that are going to be taking on a, a quarterback of his caliber with yeah. that contract where they have to probably give him an extension here, like tomorrow kind of thing. And then still offering up the draft capital that's required because they don't, and this would be because they don't think that they can get a top end quarterback in this draft. Yeah. That is a very limited pool size of teams. Exactly. And I think, um, I think not only them folding the bag on the trade leverage, but I think him speaking on these like podcasts, making these appearances and like, he is given off that like he doesn't want to be there. And it's, I feel like it's making him look more desperate. Uh, it's making the team basically just be like, yeah, whatever you throw our way, we'll take, you know what I mean? Um, and so like, it's hurting, it's hurting their trade leverage even more, you know? So it's just like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was traded for like a fifth round or later, you know? And they were like, this is what we'll give you. Yeah. Yeah. I, when they could have, before getting to Sean Watson, probably scored like a second rounder. You know what I mean? Probably. I mean, let me let me go back and look at something because I think I think they should should have been more than able to get what uh, the Jets got for Sam Darnold in what was it about a year ago now? Ooh, um, yeah, they traded. Give me one second. A sixth rounder in last year's draft, and then a second and a fourth rounder in this year's draft. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly reasonable package for a guy who has, first of all, shown to be more capable than Sam Darnold. He was taken with a higher overall pick too, and that that matters whether we want to admit it or not. And by the way, the Jets had no leverage when they were trading Sam Darnold because they had None. already drafted Zach Wilson. So it's a, it's a similar situation that the Browns are in now. I totally think you could have gotten that, but now you've got to talk about, Oh, is he not, you know, a locker room problem, you know, this or that. I don't think he is. I think he's just someone who's not afraid to speak his mind and rubs people the wrong way, fair or unfair. So I, I think in the end he, he's going to probably end up getting released. I don't think anyone trades for him because what are the, what are the Browns going to really pay him? his fifth year extension. No, yeah. They're not. They're going to, I wonder what, uh, what's the, if they release him, what the penalty is for that. I imagine it's going to be a hefty one. It's a great question. Give me, cause I know he, he got franchise tagged and that's like, I mean, he's getting paid what, almost 20 mil, right? He is getting paid. It's like 18 year, or something. Eight, almost $19 million. Yeah. Imagine if be, they released him, be like a five. If mil they hit. released him. That is a full, the full his full contract value of the for this season would be the dead cap eighteen million eight hundred fifty eight thousand dollars. That's that's a huge. It's like if you know that like you're gonna release him, like dude, hold off on the Sean deal. Like if he really wants to come to Cleveland, he will. You know, and get rid of Baker first. You know, like because then when you get rid of Baker, I mean, yeah, maybe it makes you guys look more desperate that you really need a quarterback. So maybe you have to give up more for. Deshaun, you gave up a stupid but pick we give Deshaun, a, so I don't think that matters. And a ridiculous contract, you know? Like, Yeah, I don't, really, I don't think that would have made too much of a difference. Yeah, they were just stupid this year. Like, this offseason, they were dumb. The only thing they did right was Denzel Ward's extension, you know, just locking him and down. And Amari Cooper. Yeah, and Amari Cooper. Like, that was, like, the only things they've done right so far. 
the beauty of that is that they can screw up the entire offseason and still be good because they just have so much talent on the team. And that's, yeah. I, 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 which I still think they will be. I think they will 100% be in the playoff hunt. The Again, as we kind of talked about with how good the AFC West is, there's a more than reasonable chance that only one team in the AFC North makes the playoffs next year, which is wild. But yeah. it's po- totally possible. Coming and from all so, four teams just in the hunt last year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think all four teams might be in the hunt or or at least three of the four teams will be in the hunt this year. So in the end, let it play out on the field. Um, they can still make it work. Um, I hope they give Baker his, his due, his, he deserves to be able to go figure it out somewhere. Um, where that is i don't i just uh, i saw um, using options uh, is the big thing i saw carolina is a possibility which i mean it would make sense but yeah i just don't know if that would make sense because then you've got both uh mayfield and darnold's fifth year extensions at the same time it's another it'd be another darnold situation you know yeah and and by the way robbie anderson on the panthers was like absolutely not (laughs) that was so funny don't you dare trade for him i'm just like dang i I love it i was like i was like did Robbie Anderson play at like Texas Tech or Oklahoma and just knows Baker and hates him? It's like no, he played at Temple or something like yeah. that. And I, was, <laughs> I, was, I thought that was, like, was so funny. It, it coming from it happened on two posts too. He oh was yeah, just that's like, right. I'm like, damn, way to double down on that, man. Well, I mean, I think Baker would fit very nicely in the AF or I'm sorry, NFC South because you have three teams who could use some quarterback help. Um, the one team that does not need quarterback help in that division is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We thought they were going to need quarterback help because on yeah. February 1st, Tom announced, Tom Brady announced, hey, hanging it up. Waits 40 days. March 13th rolls around. And he's like, ah, never mind. I think I'm coming back. I kind of want to play football this year. Yeah. And I can't really blame him. That division looks for the pickings, man. Like He's got an easy, easy playoff division appearance, right you know? There. Yeah, that should be an easy dub to get uh, get through into the playoffs. I, I I mean Tom Brady's the goat. So like I'm not gonna yeah. question whether or not he really wants to play, whether or not he's capable of playing. He's you know been playing well into his forties already. So zero question, concern, whatever you want to call it about his ability to be ready to go uh week one or even week one of the preseason, like Tom's gonna be fine, you know? And yeah, and let me I guarantee you, I guarantee you those 40 ish days that he was retired. He was still keeping up with his, you know, his weightlifting regiment. His, oh yeah. His probably eating program. Sure. Like dude, dude didn't lose a step. I guarantee it. He looks great at his age, which is he's like, he's aging like five. Disgusting. I, I, um, God, but I let me look good now. And he's got yeah. 15 years on me. <laughs> let me, let me ask you this. Do you think say if he never went to Tampa and he stayed with new England, right? And do you think if he retired like this past season with new England, do you think he would have came back or he would have just stayed retired? Cause Man, I think that's Tampa Tom, question. I think Tampa Tom gave him like just a whole new, like, like re- rejuvenation to life, you know, like, cause Tampa yeah. Tom is so fun and he's, it's like, he's if, young again, you know, I don't know if Tom would have even played the last two seasons. If he had stayed in New England, right. You built Belichick probably would have been like, All right, it's Man. time to move on, you know? Yeah, I. Oh, that's a tough one. I'll give that's Tom the saying. benefit of the doubt and say that he probably would have played the first year 
that he was in Tampa in New England in this scenario. Yeah. And then that was it because um, he saw me sign a one year deal with him. Up. Yeah. And then hung, hung it up. Uh, so he, and he would not have gotten that Super Bowl. Yeah. So he doesn't, he would not have those bragging rights over Bill. Um, I do quickly want to add in did you hear about this whole Miami Dolphins situation he was trying to pull? Where he was, I thought he I heard like, he was trying. So he got, he was going to come back and he was working with the owner of the Miami Dolphins to get traded there. And honestly, I'm so glad it didn't work out because that's just absolutely stupid. I just, it, it, would, it would not be a good look for the NFL, but part of me would have loved it because it's like, he gets to play Bill Belichick twice a year, man. <laughs> the, Mi- oh. the Miami miracles, bro. He would have he just been like, he, he would have been like, Bill, I'm going to run the ball for a touchdown on like three straight drives just to piss you off because I'm the goat and I carry you to those Super Bowl wins. Yeah. Like, I, oh, oh, it would have been so good. I love that. Like, don't get me wrong. Bill Je- Belichick will be one of the greatest coaches of all time, right? But the fact that Tom went to Tampa Bay to win, and he won a ring and he was able to lead that team to a ring proved all those people that were like, Tom's a system quarterback. It's all Belichick. And then you're like, nope, Tom's going to go the very next season and do exactly what you said he wouldn't do. And he's going to fucking win a Super Bowl. And he did it. And he was just like, yeah, what's up? I'm Tampa Tom, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then followed up with going and playing against Bill Belichick within his own division and be like, I'm going to just run you guys into the ground. I'm going yeah, to embarrass you. They're, be they're, blast. Yeah. Their first season without them, they, they didn't do so hot. They were, I think they right. went seven and nine. Right. Cause that something, was when they had yeah, something like that. cam. Um, that, that was when they had cam. The yeah, cam. And then last year, last year, they Mac were Jones. a little they better with Mac Jones. Yeah. They did make the playoffs, but they also led into that season with, I believe it was the highest fr- uh, paying free agency ever in terms of oh, total yeah, they, con- like they made dollars, moves. not in terms of like, not in terms of like a per year, like a singular uh, year, the first year of money kind of thing. Yeah. It was within the entirety of that contract. Cause they gave out like a whole bunch of four five, six year deals to guys and, and absolutely crushed it making banks. So the, yeah, good. For Belichick them. was I mean, like, all right, I did make the playoffs last year. And they kind of tarnished my uh, my legacy and reputation a little bit. He's like, we'll make some moves. And he was just like, we're going to spend a lot of money. And then go get himself that system quarterback that everyone thought that Tom was. I love I love that Belichick is like the head coach and the GM. It just, it's beautiful. It would only work for a guy like Bill Belichick. Exactly, because, right? Like Because like every other time that we've seen this happen across other sports, it's failed epically because... The coach is thinking, I need to win this year. And the GM is thinking, I have to sustain winning over the next five years or 10 years, whatever it might be. So I can't give up all this future draft capital. I can't give up all this uh, long-term money because I just want to win this one season. I'm still going to make sure I give the coach the things that he needs, but I, I can't do it. I can't go crazy with it. Yeah, And then, but the coach has the coach then as the GM is thinking, I need to win this year. So they do stupid things to, you know, racking up high, high contract dollars and racking up, you're trading away all their picks and things like that. And it's like, you can't do that. So yep. for some reason, 
Bill Belichick is the perfect marriage of GM and coach because he makes it work. But we have seen this fail time and time again in almost every other sport. Uh, kudos to Bill because I, I yeah, that's for too real. much work for me, man. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a lot. Well, let's go ahead and, and move forward here. Um, let's talk about because the draft is next week, which, dear God, I can't believe it's almost here. I'm excited. I know. I am too. Um, FanDuel tweeted out a top 10 of a 2015 NFL redraft. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and run through, first of all, the actual top 10 picks. Okay. And then I'm going to give you who they listed as the top, what should have been the top 10 picks looking back on it. All right. So starting with the actual top 10, this was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Jameis Winston, number one overall. Marcus Mariota uh, goes number two to the Tennessee Titans. God. Jacksonville Jaguars take Dante Fowler Jr. Then Amari Cooper goes to the uh, Oakland Raiders at the time. Yeah. Brandon Scherf goes to, uh, at the time, the Washington Redskins. The New York Jets take Leonard Williams. Kevin White goes to Chicago at number seven. Vic Beasley goes to Atlanta at number eight. Eric Flowers goes to the Giants at number nine. And Todd Gurley goes to the Rams at number 10. Very mixed bag. Yeah. Very, very mixed bag. Okay. So let me let me just run down the list of the 10 players that FanDuel thinks would be taken in the top 10 in this redraft. And I'll still go one to 10 just to kind of keep that order in mind for you. However, I do think you might have a pretty big reaction at number one overall. Really? In this redraft, and I don't know if they took into account the rosters at the time. So that's something yeah. that I do want to keep in mind. My guess is that they just said, this is PFF. the order of like the best players in yeah. the draft. At number one overall, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Jameis Winston. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, wait. What? At number two, they Gosh, have the Tennessee yeah. Titans taking Frank Clark. Okay. At number three, Brandon Scherf. Number four, Stefan Diggs, who I believe was like a fifth round pick. Frank Clark was a second round pick. Yeah. Um, number five, the Redskins at the time take Andrews Pete, who I believe was taken top 15. Uh, the Jets take Danielle Hunter. Uh, I think he was a third round pick. Mari Cooper then falls in at number seven. Okay. Zadarius Smith at number eight. I would have to look where he was. I'm guessing he was a an early day three pick, but don't quote me on that. Uh, number nine, Marcus Peters. Uh, he was a top 20 or 25 pick. And then number 10 is Todd Gurley. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> your reaction <laughs> to Jameis Winston was just like, oh, sublime. we're going to, we're going to, hey guys, we're going to do a redraft. And believe it or not, we still got Tampa taking Jameis Winston, guys. I know it's crazy, but we love it's, him, you know? I, I could not believe that. Um, just to go through some of the other guys taken that have had uh, solid NFL careers uh, that I think are, are of note that did not get mentioned. Um, you have Eric Armstead, who was taken 17th overall by the 49ers. Yeah. Byron Jones, uh, taken 27th overall by the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to be hopping through a whole bunch of different rounds here. So 
bear with me on this. Uh, it's it's kind of all over the place. Uh, Eric Kendricks, the linebacker, was taken uh, in the Vikings. second round by the Vikings. You have Mitch Morse, who's been a solid interior offensive lineman, taken in the second round by the Chiefs. You have uh, Ali Marpet, uh, who Guard. was yeah. one of the uh, important uh, offensive linemen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their Super Bowl run. Uh, yeah. Randy Gregory, taken by the Cowboys, also in the second round. You have um, you have Tyler Lockett, taken in the third round. Yeah, that's you insane. Have, yeah, I, I mean, I love Tyler Lockett, dude. He's just super fun. David Johnson, taken in the third round, which, I mean, he hasn't had a great last couple of years, but uh, his... He his, was killing it for a few years. He, yeah, he was. I mean, he was really like good. he was like top three running back in fantasy for like yes. like three four yeah. years straight. Yeah, Trey Flowers was taken in the fourth round. Daryl Williams was taken in the fourth round. Well, they had some they had some good DBs this draft round. class. Yes, this was this is one of those drafts that as you scroll through it, you're like uh, surprising how how many good players you find that you're just like, dude, that was this year. Yeah, um, so Darius Smith was taken in the fourth round. I do, I wanted to confirm that Shaq Mason was taken in the fourth round. You have uh, going into the fifth round. You have first pick of, of the fifth round is Grady Jarrett uh, for Atlanta. Adrian Amos taken in the fifth round. Um, Bobby McCain, who's been at least decent, uh, taken in the fifth round. Uh, Dude, honestly, like what I'm hearing is like you know, all you have. It, you see it more often than not. You know, I was like. Great players and good Blake players end up coming from like day three and on, you know? And it's like, every, every what year. about if you adopted a idea of like, hey, listen, I'm not drafting day one and day two. I will always give up those picks for my day threes and on. And I'll just have an unlimited amount of picks there. And I'll just like, I don't recommend be, it. <laughs> yeah. But like, imagine, right? Like if they were like so confident in their day three and on drafting, they were like, listen, I'm going to get a start of this guy. I didn't know it. And there I could get them in the fourth round. Incredible at day three picks. So I, if they can pull it off, good for them. You uh, like, also, going into the sixth round, Quandre Diggs, Darren geez. Waller. Uh, Darren Waller's go, a star, man. Possibly, possibly the most underrated pick in the entire uh in the entire draft comes in the seventh round. Bobby Hart. No, I'm just kidding. Bobby Hart. <laughs> uh, but in actuality, the the possibly best pick in the entire draft in the middle to late part of the seventh round was Trent Brown yeah, to San Francisco. So I look at this list and I'm like, first of all, what is Jameis doing on here? Good God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, who, who decided he's, that? He's top 10 again. Not only he's actually, he's number one again, you know, like unbelievable. we believe what, what in Jameis. He got his vision corrected, man. I, he, he, you know what he probably did? He probably gave him some crab legs. <laughs> that, that's what it was. He, he was, he paid them off. We get dubs. Legs. <laughs> but I, I like, love that. Honestly, video. honestly, I have no idea how he's in the top 10 at all, let alone number one. Dude. And then you leave off a guy like Grady Jarrett, who in my opinion is probably the second or third best interior defensive lineman in the NFL behind Aaron Donald. Dude's an absolute monster. Yeah, I don't... How is he not on this list? Who makes these redrafts? Well, this was FanDuel. I don't know if it's FanDuel? a specific okay. person, if this was... Oh, by the way, FanDuel is not a sponsor, but it, they totally can be. Just throwing it out there, if anyone knows anything. Yeah, throw, um, throw a bone our way. Yeah, we, we, we won't say no. Uh, I, I would also say Andrews Pete 
good player. I don't know if I'd put him in the top 10. Yeah. But I'm definitely not putting Todd Gurley top 10. Get that all the way the heck out of there. Um, Darius yeah. Smith probably also wouldn't include. I like, I, I do agree, not necessarily on placement, but belonging in the top 10. Frank Clark, Brandon Scherf, Stefan yeah. Diggs, Daniel Hunter, Amari Cooper, Marcus Peters. All of them deserving to be there. You I'm surprised. Order, but Mar- where, where did Marcus Peters, ha- where did they have him redrafted? Number nine. Number, I'd I'm probably, I definitely would have him higher. I, yeah, I was saying, like, I would, I would expect him, like, top five for sure. And I would redraft. think so. Yeah, I would you think know? so. And I mean, honestly, you I would, get into a conversation of, like, positional importance and things like that. What, I, I'm just looking at who's been the best at their position. Yeah. Uh, at, based on, you know, who, what they play. Like, Marcus Peters has been a better cornerback than, you know, Andrew Speed has been an offensive lineman. Andrew Speed's a really solid player. Like, I don't say, yeah. I don't say that as an insult to Andrew Speed. I just think Marcus Peters has been really good. Yeah, I gotcha. That's a, uh, so that kills me. That number one, that kills me. <laughs> I thought you would get a kick out of that. Like, I had to share it with you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what do they do? Jameis Winston, man. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. But, uh, I will give you one just, other list. They should have just done you, like Frank Clark or his redraft and be like, Hey, we got our next Warren Sapp. You know, like you know, at that point, if you're just, if you're just going to, if you're just going to throw Jameis up there, like go really crazy then and, and pick like Mr. Irrelevant and be like, yeah, that's what we're taking. Number one overall Troll yeah. everyone, baby. And I've been like, all right, at least it's kind of funny, but like, they're like, we have no, a serious no, list and then throw Jameis Winston at the top of it. Yeah, we're like, we had our analysis go over it, and yeah, we just think Jameis number one makes most sense, you know? Like, you're like, okay. Oh, shaking my head, man. Oh, God. <laughs> you're like, let's just wait another year. Let's see what we can get out of the 2016 draft class. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I don't know if I trust them anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, what's this other list you're talking about? All right. This is they have power ranked FanDuel again, power ranked. The AFC starting quarterbacks. All right. I'm, this time I'm gonna love give this. you I'm gonna give you the list starting from 16 going to one, because I okay. feel like that's the more exciting way to do this. Bottom of the barrel, Davis Mills. Sorry, Davis Mills. You just well, that's why you wanted him replaced in the uh, mock draft episode. I did. Can he pick it? I mean, it makes sense now if they're putting him bottom of the barrel. All right, 15, Zach Wilson. It's understandable. He was pretty 14. bad last year. Not his fault, though. And not entirely. It's somewhat yeah. his fault. I mean, I think he was overdrafted. I don't think he's as good. I as would as agree he was overdrafted, 100%. Uh, 14, Mitch Trubisky. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fair. 13, Trevor Lawrence. Really? I mean, think about how good this entire conference yeah, you're, is. Yeah, you're right. It's you're not right. crazy okay. when you start thinking about it. Right? Yeah, you're not wrong. Because he's twelve, he's, I think Trevor Lawrence does have a, a bright future. Oh, I do too. I do too. As long as he gets the right uh, situation around him, better coaching, better weapons, urban better weapons. But like, just uh, different ownership probably would not hurt either. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably would not hurt. Um, number twelve, Tua. Okay. Number eleven, newly acquired Matt Ryan. Huh. Number ten, Mac Jones. Number nine, Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. All right, so I don't know bottom how I, half. I don't know how I feel about Tannehill at ten or what is he eight? Nine. He's at nine. nine. I don't know how I feel about him at nine. 
Yeah, but are I you think he should be him, lower. Are you moving him below some like any of these people? Like, I'm, honestly, the only one I'm thinking about is Matt Ryan, and I'm not I, sold on that because I think I would pretty- maybe move Matt Ryan or Mac Jones. Honestly, I would consider Tua too. You are not high on Ryan Tannehill. I'm very interested. dude. No, we're, all right. we're gonna come back to that. We're gonna come back. Yeah, to that. we'll come back to it. All right, all right. I got a lot to say about the guy. All right, number eight, Deshaun Watson. Wow. Number seven, Derek Carr. Okay. Yeah, number six, Lamar Jackson. Ooh. Number five, Russell Wilson. Number four, Justin Herbert. Mm, Number three, Joe Burrow. Number two, Pat Mahomes. And number one, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. All right. I won't lie. I think think one and two are locked in. I wouldn't change them. I think I would Would swap. Would you reorder in any capacity? Are you good with Allen over Mahomes or would you put Mahomes over Allen? I'm putting I think it's Allen, kind of semantics. So like, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm keeping Allen over Mahomes um, off of last year. Um, I think I'm swapping Burrow and Herbert. Okay. No, no disrespect to Burrow. And I think, I think they're in the same bucket. So, like, as long as they're neck and neck, to me, that's the right call. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if these guys like give Josh Allen and Mahomes start giving their like a run for their money. You know. Uh, I mean, they already are. Burrow did it this year, you know? He was like, hey, yeah, Mahomes, you might have had a better season statistically, but I went farther. 2-0, right? like, baby. I, ha- I have an oh. ASC championship over you now, you know? Um, oh. Five Just was Wilson. Sing it to me. Five was Wilson. Six was Lamar. Um, if this, you know, if we're going off last year, um, I might put Derek Carr in front of Lamar. You know, like Lamar, Spicy, I, I mean, like he, it. he was injured a lot last year, but even when he was playing, he was, he was not crazy, you know, like he, like his MVP uh-huh. year. So I think I'm putting Carr over Jackson. And then after Jackson is who was eight. Eight was Deshaun. Eight was Deshaun. I'm putting my hot take. Do you have my hot take here? Yeah. I want your hot take. Deshaun's number three at minimum. <laughs> Oh, all right. Because uh, I was just about to say, forgot about Deshaun. I'm putting Deshaun over Lamar. I'm putting Deshaun over Carr now. So it pushes them back. So now I got Deshaun at six, maybe giving Russ a run for his money, but I'll keep him at six. I have Deshaun Watt. This is obviously only taking on the field play into, into account. Yeah. Deshaun Watson is closer to Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Than he is to, based on this list where he's number eight, than he is to Ryan Tannehill and Mac Jones. I would agree with that 100%. Deshaun Watson may not produce wins. Obviously, in his last full season with the Texans, they were like four and 12. I don't necessarily blame him for that. Um, I think he's, I think he's really good. I, I don't think he's better than Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. I am willing to open that door if he has a really good season with a this more st- stable uh, situation yeah. than he ha- has had in Houston. Um, I, I I would put Deshaun Watson at number three. I love that take. I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, you're the Browns guy. Come on. Not even that. Just like, because you know how I feel about the, the Browns trade. I'm still like uncertain with a lot of it, you know? I like, know. It, um, know. But like, I just love, it's just like, 
out of left field a little, you know? Deshaun Watson is stupid good. Do you got do you and, got Burrow at four and Herbert at five now? Um, yeah, I, that's what I would do. I, I'm perfectly willing to accept the fact that I'm a biased fan. That's fine as part of that. But I don't. But I will say, it's more than uh, worthwhile to have the argument about the fact that Joe Burrow took over a team that had two wins. Um, yeah, they only won four the next year, but he missed half the season. Mm-hmm. So let's not put that on him necessarily. And then takes the team to the Super Bowl in his first full season. Yeah, so it's kind of insane, for, really. For me, and I will say one thing I, I, I appreciate about Joe Burrow uh, is the fact that he is, in my opinion, less... Scheme specific is not the right word. Um, situation specific is probably a better way to put it. Yeah. Justin Herbert needed the right situation to land in to be the player that he has become. He found the right situation. Yeah. That is really not a did. statement about whether or not Justin Herbert is good. Justin Herbert is a very good quarterback. I'm just saying that Joe, Joe could have landed in Cincinnati like he did. He could have landed in Miami. He could have landed in LA. He would have been fine. I think he would have been good in either situation. If yeah. Justin Herbert ends in ends up in Miami or Cincinnati, I don't know that Justin Herbert's the player. He has he, he has a different he has a different kind of style with the way he plays. Right. So I think I think that matters a lot for he's, this he's conversation. A perfect fit in that West Coast offense scheme, you know. Yes. Yes. Like, I, he it's could beautiful. not have he could not have had a better opportunity placed in front that of was, him. That was that was like one I of the I still their... crack up about the fact that it's because someone stabbed essentially uh to rod taylor in the lung with a needle yeah <laughs> crazy but uh my only other take on this list that might be a tad spicy um i'm moving mac jones and matt ryan flipping those two i don't think that's super spicy um the probably spicier one is uh i'm moving Tua underneath trevor lawrence i think okay. Tua has a chance to be good but I'm taking into a, I'm not taking into account a potential in this. This is not who has the potential to be the best player because by that logic, Trevor Lawrence should be like number three. You know, yeah, yeah, it's off of the season. This is based off of the knowledge that we have of their professional careers, and Tua has been bad. There's no way around it. I think he's probably, I think he's too high. Um, I, I do think that he has a chance to have a really good year, but I think he's going to need to really figure some things out about himself. Um, yeah. I'm still... Uh, I know you said you'd move Derek Carr over Lamar Jackson. I'm keeping Lamar above him. Uh, and based off of last year, I think Russ, I'd probably put... Let's see here. I had Deshaun at three. So I'd probably do like Alan Mahomes, Deshaun, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar, Carr, Wilson. Oh, okay. That's different. I like it. I just... I, I think... I think people are putting too much stock into well, Lamar had a bad season. Well, he was also hurt. So like, yeah, are we really holding that against him? That's not really a reasonable thing to do. Like when healthy, Lamar is awesome. Um, Russ, I guess you could also argue played hurt, but when he was like, when Lamar was on the field, he was good. When Russell was on the field last year, he was not. Okay. That's a fair point. All right. I, I respect that. Yeah, I think I that's, think, that's. I think my uh, Lamar might be biggest. a little biased, um, but it's all right. Um, it's a division rival. I, both yeah. of us are not big Lamar guys, but I think I do think Lamar gets 
a very unfair uh, critique against him. Um, I don't think people are wrong necessarily when they question whether or not he's going to win in the playoffs. I, I don't know that he's necessarily the type of quarterback that can do it. I don't think that has anything to do with, you know, his situation or, or whatever, you know, I don't think it's yeah. because he's a dual threat or whatever it might be. I just don't think he's a good enough passer. I think he's a good passer. I don't think he's a good enough passer to win in the playoffs when you really, really need it. Yeah. Um, so I can't put him ahead of the top dogs. Um, but Lamar is special. He's so talented. He I mean, his I, MVP I, year was insane. Insane. And, and for that reason, I can't put him behind Derek Carr. I'm not, questioning like you said you would put him behind Derek Carr. I don't I'm not necessarily critiquing that decision on your part. It's just for me personally, I still have to put Lamar ahead of Derek Carr. That's understandable. I respect it. Um we're gonna touch on Ryan Tannehill. Um yes, I'm sorry. I I, I we skipped we skipped over no, that's that. okay. I wanna, I wanna give you that shot. Um I think I had what did I have him I had him going back to what the like 10 or 11 something like that right he was at you, 9 So Ryan Tannehill was 9 I was putting 3 po- I would possibly put 3 guys ahead of him which was Matt Ryan, Mac Jones Ooh. and Tua so Okay that would what, shove him to 12 thir- 12 yeah yeah I think that's a right spot for him um, Wow listen Okay I had a lot of high hopes for Matt Ryan last year okay um, Yeah and I think maybe this is biased cuz I was a fantasy owner of Matt Ryan last year um, and he absolutely you're talking about Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill. Oh, Ryan Tannehill. I'm sorry. Um, no, I was a fancy owner of Ryan Tannehill last year and he absolutely shit the bed for me. I had all these high hopes. I'm like, dude, you got, you got the King. You got the King. You got AJ Brown. Great wide receiver. You got Julio Jones. One of the best ever to do it. I'm like, you're going to dominate in the past game, bro. All you got to do is just keep your interceptions and like your decision-making. Just keep it, keep it light. You know, like just be smart about it. Think about it, you know? And Dude, he sucks. I'm sorry, but he sucks. He can't he can't lead a team to a victory. Um, their playoff victories, I'm sorry, but Derrick Henry and that defense is what leads them to victories in the playoffs. It's not Ryan Tannehill. Not last um, year, baby. Not last year. Yeah, not last year. Um, and I'm just like, you know, you know what? I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not a Ryan Tannehill supporter. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a nice you know guy, what? but no, I don't like him. Fair enough. I in the end, I think he's been I more I I can see dropping him. I again I'd probably put Matt Ryan at nine. I think I'd be be more than comfortable with that. I'd still probably have Ryan Tannehill at ten, and then Mac, uh, and then yeah. Trevor and Tua. Um, I don't blame you though, because Ryan Tannehill. I mean, it's not his fault that his career started with Adam Gase, who is the worst offensive coordinator in NFL history. There's not data to back that up. I'm just saying it for the sake of the pod. Um, dude sucks. He, the only reason he got any jobs is because at one point in time, he coached Peyton Manning and by coach Peyton Manning, I mean, Just he you're got, giving a head he got coach, credit yeah. for Peyton Manning doing all the work. Um, he finally gets a, a spot uh, in Tennessee and he actually looked pretty good a couple seasons ago. And uh, if, you know, Tennessee ends up going to, and this is three seasons ago. They went to the um, the conference championship game, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, that was on the back of the defense and Derrick Henry. That yeah. had nothing to do with Ryan Tannehill necessarily. Like he, he was he was he was he the disappeared. Perfect, he was the perfect serviceable 
I won't make mistakes quarterback during that season. And since then, people have overinflated his ability, including himself and his coaching staff. And while they're still going to win games, because again, they have a defense and a running game, when it matters most, Ryan Tannehill is not winning you uh, many playoff games because no. when I when I think about how I'm deciding how to pick playoff games, I'm going to lean very heavily on who has the better quarterback. Yeah, and really that's a that's a good rule of thumb during the regular season as well. And at best, Ryan Tannehill is going to be the better quarterback in half the games. At best, yeah. That, and, that's it. And it's probably a little higher than half uh, of the games just because he plays in the division that he does. Yeah. So they got a, a real good shot at winning the division because of their division, you know? Like that's. Yeah. Because, that's it. because he's. Is he better than Davis Mills? Yeah. Is he better than Trevor Lawrence? Right now, I think he is. Is he better than Matt Ryan? It's pretty close. Like He's got I, a better not, team than Matt Ryan. So. Yeah, and, and that's the other part of it. Matt, you know, he definitely has a better supporting cast than Matt Ryan does right now. Um, which, as I'm thinking about it, that's a spot that I would love to see Debo is in uh, Indy. They just don't have the draft capital to get it done. Yeah, that would be a bad spot. Um, I think he would fit well with Jonathan Taylor in the mix, you know? And him and Pittman as the as the top two whiteouts. I digress. I just I just thought of that, and that's that'd be a really, really nice place for him. Um, but yeah, I think I think when you think about going into the playoffs, Ryan Tannehill is going to get matched up against one of these top eight quarterbacks that we listed. And he will not survive. I'm sorry. And am I picking Ryan Tannehill to win that game? Absolutely not. Unless Derrick Henry runs for 400 yards in like four touchdowns, you know, like I will never question his ability to do that. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I'll never forget that that Jacksonville game where he had like 200, like 200, Yards rushing and like four TDs or something crazy, disgusting. God. And then he broke out for that ninety-eight yard touchdown run, like that when he's that big. How? I don't know, but he's, like, he's. You know who I wish would have just like I wish he got drafted, but you know all those allegations happened. But Sean Oakman, I remember, remember him. Sean. Oh, uh, oh, uh, Baylor. Yeah, 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 Baylor. Yes, that okay, big massive dude, and he was like. I, I love seeing the memes where he was like, what do you call it? heads? It's tails. It's heads. All right, Sean, you're right. It's heads. Uh, what do you guys want to pick? You know, like those like memes like that where the ref would just oh like, my flip God, up. he's six foot nine, 280 pounds. Dude, oh my God. He would have been a savage on the field. That's what happens to your career when you are part of a sexual assault, uh, Big time issue at a university, yeah. Sean Oakman. Mm-hmm. Please, don't, his, please, don't show him, please don't let him listen to this. I don't want him to know I called him a dummy. I'm very scared of this person. <laughs> but dude, imagine that on your defense. Like, imagine him complimenting Miles Garrett on the other side. Dude. Oh my God. Right? You know what I mean? Or like, oh man. That's that or is, him. Yeah, it's insane. Him lining dude. up next to Aaron Donald or something. <laughs> Yeah, Good and night. like imagine, like yeah, even if he didn't have the technique those guys got, his strength and size will overcome that. Like it doesn't matter. Insane, insane. Whew. I'm glad we ended on that topic. Where my because uh, I don't know if I would be able to follow this up with anything. My mind is blown by the fact that there was a college football You're player welcome. that was six foot nine, two hundred eighty pounds. Like 
You're welcome. Oh, uh, perfect time to wrap up. Have you ever seen? Um, I'll show you offline if you've never seen it, and we can talk about it later. But like, there's a uh, a Miami University like music video. Greg Olson's in it. They made it. They made a rap song. Stop. Dude, Greg Olson's yeah. in a music video. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's let's God. leave this cliffhanger for the next episode, okay? Okay. I, and we'll I watch. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll cut it off here, and we'll watch it together, like right now, and then we'll talk about it. Oh my God, that's awesome. That's too perfect. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, make sure everyone to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you guys checking us out. Uh, also, make sure to check out our sister podcast, Acrop. Across the Dip Podcast Network, we have the Hoop Form. It's NBA playoff time. This is the perfect opportunity to get in and uh, and really get the, into the minds of Ben and Adam. MLB season has kicked off. Check out Chalk Talk on the Pine, our MLB podcast. And then going all year long, we do have The Dip. It is our pop culture podcast. Uh, all three are fantastic additions to your week. Uh, definitely check them out when you get the chance. Ethan. Sam, as always, it's been a pleasure, man. Absolutely. Always love talking ball with you. We will hit you guys up next week where I think we're going to have a pretty draft-centric episode because, oh, yeah, the draft is next week. It's time, baby. I'm super excited. I know, Ethan, you are stoked as I am. And guys, we're really looking forward to talking to you guys next week. See you later. See you guys. All right.